holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers. And now, an ad from Dad. All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. This week on the Formation Lab, Formula One markets Austin, Texas like it's Dallas, Texas, and not just another Portland, Oregon. And... Tim tries not to mess up the cold open, just like Ferrari messed up the weekend, but the results will vary. Cue the American special tunes. This is the Formation Lab. Well, Tim, I've just spawned the USA Special Formation Lab intro on you. Sir, that was something. I, I like will give to, you that. I like to consider myself an artist of sorts. That, yeah, I will give it to you. That was great. You had a lot of fun with the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> our, our soundboard is not quite as extensive as Todd's over at the Park for May, but it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I we, mean, we have some explosions and some screaming eagles. And you know what? Uh, speaking of America, the United States Grand Prix happened this uh, this weekend. Uh, it did that? That's just totally coincidental because this was already supposed to be the America special. Just so happened to work out. It did. We punted from the Fourth of July to November. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, we're we're that we're that topical. We are over those here. guys. Yeah, <laughs> we are them. So uh, let's let's uh, before we get into the Texas GP. Yes, Texas is not America for for all of you. Europe. Texas is its own thing. Yeah, Texas is its own thing. If Texas should have a Grand Prix, and then the U.S. should have its own Grand Prix, and that's usually probably going to happen in Miami. And Maybe that's why that unless that one lady in Miami has her has her way. What's her name, Luke? Lynette Higginbottom. Screw you. <laughs> wow, that was bold. Yeah. Um, Lynette, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Um, um, so before we uh, dive into the uh, Texas Grand Prix, uh, the USGP as it's known, uh, let's let's give it a, just an overall rating uh, on a scale of both Yees and Haws. All right. So I would say out of five, I'm going to give that uh, a Yee, Yee, Haw, and then a Ha. So that's like, that would be probably about four stars out of five. Four? Yeah. Okay. Are we talking like the, the whole of the weekend or are we talking like the race itself? Uh let's let's do the whole of the weekend. Whole of the weekend, I will give it like a uh yee and then a ha. Oh because it so, died down at the end? You mean after the first like two laps? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the end. you know the uh I'm sorry, lap twelve. When was Seb's hilarious uh, lap suspension? Eight. Lap eight. So after lap eight, that was kinda it for me because it, it just became processional at that point. And, you know, oh, no, we were on the edge of our seats again. Is Lewis going to make the tires last? Of course he is. It's Lewis Hamilton and their Pirelli tires. He can make them last, you know, until three days after we're all dead. He, he might have. I, I think that he was uh, he would have gotten third 
because I think this is the one time that the tires almost ate him. He 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 got sure. passed by he got passed by Bel- Valtteri, who was half a second lap quicker. On the on the and Max on, was coming. Max was coming, and if K Mags doesn't wreck, I think I think Max Max gets. I just you know it's one of those things where it feels artificial to me. Um, of course, he's going to do it because he's a phenomenal generational talent. Uh-huh. So, but um, so I will say that uh, the drama going into the weekend for me was amazing. Could we grind down more bumps on Coda? Like, how does it look? I liked how Sky, um, you know, talked about how it used to look in its heyday with the dark tarmac and how wonderful it looked. Uh, we we're going to talk about this later about the, how far Coda has fallen, so I won't go too much into well, it. Let's just also say though it's still a phenomenal track. It's just aged oh, very poorly. Weird, poorly, weirdly, I don't know of another track that's aged quite the same as Coda has. The it <laughs> to 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 borrow from the great Indiana Jones, it's not the years, it's the mileage. Yeah. Um, and this hasn't seen either much. Yeah, but it, I think it was. Uh, I think it's 2012. The track opened. It's not that old. No, it's not. Um, I will say this weekend for me, uh, F1 TV Pro worked like a charm. Oh, it really worked well. So I got to throw back and go to uh, 2013, 2013 uh, 2014, and uh, then I went back to 2012 just to see Schumacher out there. I will say, watching Schumacher's driving style. Really happy Lewis Hamilton is the champion right now. Really? Yeah. He he was really awful. Like he would throw you into the into the wall and he wouldn't care. <laughs> and it was like uh, like oh he's tough. No, he's he's putting someone's <laughs> life at risk. Like come on now. Um You know he was the last F1 champion though to have a kid while he was champion. So May- well, maybe he is just the German There was he a was press co- conference. Maybe not German, but he's he's a cold-blooded guy. He he is cold blooded. Um, there was a press conference where uh, Schumacher actually had said early on in his career, I think in his Benetton days, where he said, "Oh, you know, if you have a kid, you become slower." Um, and a lot, he was battling Alonso at that point. Uh, later on, so you fast forward to the Ferrari days, he's battling Alonso, and Alonso is asked, "How did you know that Schumacher wasn't going to go for that corner or wasn't going to shut the door on you completely?" Alonzo's answer: He has kids. He has kids. He was like, <laughs> "Oh shoot, that's that's pretty rough." Speaking of Ferrari, Ferrari fans might want to go remember those days <sighs> instead of this week and the week before, and the week before, and the week before, and the week. And it's not been their year. No, it hasn't. Uh, you know the Italian stallions. Yet again, hey, you know they changed their strategy. You can't blow it late in the race if you blow it within the first ten laps. Yep, nothing's going to help. Um, the thing, actually, Ferrari had an abysmal weekend. Coming into it, there was a, a directive that was questioned. That I'm, I'm reading here from Joe Sayward's uh, blog. There was uh, Red Bull actually went and questioned the a system uh, to Formula One that apparently, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to butcher this, but it is a device. They had proposed that a device would uh, restrict and em- enhance the flow of fuel based on the FIA system so it's this interesting uh, thing so i'm just going to read this uh straight from joe sayward's blog at motorsportweek.com uh, red bull had proposed that might uh there's a they had proposed a system that might have allowed the team to run more than the allowed amount of fuel flow based on using electrical noise to disrupt the sample pulses sent from the fuel flow metering units that make sure the, the teams do not use too much fuel. The system was, of course, rejected by the FIA as being illegal. However, Red Bull did this for a reason. They proposed this for a reason so that FIA would look for this 
Specifically, they were targeting Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Ferrari had a lot of straight line speed when the sensors may not have been looking, but in the corners and in some of the slow turns, they didn't have as much pace. Guess where so, they were slower this weekend? Exactly. Mm. It seems odd. Max put a very, very fine point on it, as he is wont to do, and said, well, it's, not, it's harder when you're not cheating. That's true. Ooh, Oof. Max with the rough right hook to the jaw of Ferrari. You know what um, else? Uh, you know what else was a right hook to the jaw of Ferrari? Ferrari's own reliability. Well, that's <laughs> let's, that's let's... where we're going to go for here next. Yeah. Um, they came into. I will say it was impressive in qualifying. Everybody was within like a tenth of a second. It was, it was one of the best qualified bunches I've seen in a while. It was tight, and and Seb put it right up there. Mm-hmm. But in the initial stages of the race, you could really tell that Seb didn't have any pace. He was getting lapped. He was getting hassled. Or he was lapped, good Lord. He was getting passed. He was getting hassled. You could tell something was off. He had dropped down. I think the, uh, I think the stat is by lap two, he had gone from the outside of the first row, so second, down to seventh. And it was it was rough to watch. Yeah, it was. And you're just like, something is wrong. And he said, something's wrong. I can't tell what it is, but I didn't get hit. I didn't have any impact. I don't know what's going on. And at the time, the the broadcasters were saying that it was probably tires. And I think we all learned pretty quickly it wasn't tires. Right. And um, by lap eight, <laughs> he had a pretty spectacular suspension failure. Uh, do you want to talk about, like, cameraman money shots? Is right there. Like <laughs> It was right there. It went from... A Formula Formula One Ferrari to a low ride with a hydraulic system, and it's kind of you yeah. Know, bouncing it had, up on it had a nice hydraulic system. It, yeah. uh, one of the fr- the front left tire wouldn't touch the ground because exactly. it was broken a little bit. Yeah. It, it snapped a little bit, but you know, and you know, you, you're in the car going, you know, it's one of those fun things. Um, but yeah, spectacularly uh, got destroyed, and he retired from the race. He parked it up actually pretty cleverly so that he wouldn't actually be that much of a hindrance to the race mm-hmm. hopefully uh bolstering uh leclerc's uh efforts is what they said but uh, leclerc wasn't on fire either Let's no talk leclerc about- wasn't he wasn't on fire but i think he actually did that so that leclerc could not catch up to the mercedes Ooh, i think that was a teammate battle a hidden hidden Hid- dagger yeah, a little hit- cloak and dagger move yeah, right he, par- there. he did he kind of struggled he he got it right up to the point where they could just open the fence and let him out oh. it's like ooh, ooh ooh and and charles really needed a safety car to bring him back and that didn't happen yeah charles needed a, a safety car to bring him back because he immediately found him in no man's land in fourth and he never moved on from no man's land. I mean, th- mm. there's running fourth, and then there's no car within 20 seconds of you on either side fourth. Yeah. And that's and that's where he was. He was so far out of the Formula One race, but he was so far ahead of the Formula One and a half race that he was he was Formula 1.25. It's, an, it's his own entire class right there. It was, and he, he was just, it was a lonely day the rest of the day, which was odd because um, he should have been able to do something with the pit stops. Um, but as you have pointed out right here, uh, he, wow, 7.7 7 second yeah, pit stop. He, he pulled Yikes. over on lap 20, he had a 7.7 7 second pit stop. And here's the thing, is that didn't even change his race. That's how lonely he had, he was throughout this race. He had 7.7 7 seconds wasted on a pit stop. Yeah, and we didn't see him really on the on the shots from Sky no. at all. So He was just kind of hidden. There were quite a few hidden teams here but you know who wasn't hidden mercedes mercedes, mercedes had was not one of their best weeks it was really really mm-hmm. good really solid uh valtteri had had a had a 
Beardy Botas. Um, oh, the beard, the Beardy Botas was back, mm-hmm. baby. The Beardy Botas was back. Um, three Bs. <laughs> beardy Botas back, baby. B cubed. Um, but no, he, uh, you know, Valtteri had a really great weekend pace. He was uh, up on Hamilton, and I cannot tell whether or not it was because he was really, really good or whether or not Lewis is just kind of going to coast to the end here because he knows he's got it in the bag and he kind of wants to focus on 2020. Rumor is that he's been hard at work developing the 2020 car uh-huh. with Mercedes back at the factory. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't um, know. I, all I know is that if you're Valtteri Botas, right, I have no question he gave it his all, and that was pretty much a perfect weekend from him. Yeah. In, you know, he, he qualified first, uh, looked flawless on track, almost to the point of being boringly winning, except for except for the fact that he passed with, I think it was three to go, he passed Hamilton. Yeah. And, uh, but... And Hamilton didn't put up a huge fight. No, Botas at that moment was, was half a second quicker yeah. per lap than Hamilton, and Hamilton... The only question mark for Hamilton to me was he he tried that he tried to ride those tires too long and he just he just ran him into the ground which is not he also something, refused to come in yeah it, which it, is something we've talked about the last few weeks from you know a respect of the team standpoint he goes no I'm staying out and you're like ooh you know it's funny too because back in the back earlier in the season when Charles Leclerc was getting a little bit of a head on him we said do you think that Mercedes employees go no. To Toto Wolf, you know what we're seeing is yeah. that exact same thing. Yeah, we we may have uh, <laughs> over overplayed that particular point, but I still think it stands, and here's why: he stayed out for one more lap. As you know, we think you should box. I think that was the radio call. We yeah. think you should box, and he's like, "I'll stay out another lap." It was more of a, eh, you know, guys, it's in the bag. Yeah, I'm not finishing below eighth. Valtteri has the win. It's all going to be great. Mm. So. Um, Mercedes, uh, hats off. He, uh, is now one championship behind Michael Schumacher. Honestly, he's probably got 2020 wrapped up if we're all being honest with each other right yeah, now. I think, I think um, that's a given unless, but, uh, unless Ferrari can somehow figure out an organizational structure and like not just develop a better car. I mean, honestly, I would say that Red Bull is a car away, right? I would yeah. say Ferrari is an entire organization away. I would say that despite the fact that Ferrari is quicker than Red Bull right now, Red Bull would be quicker to – Red Bull's closer to a championship than, than Ferrari is because Ferrari stinks to the top. Ferrari – there is a systemic issue going on. And Ferrari – it's interesting. I heard a point made on a different podcast, uh, mixed, Missed Apex podcast, if anybody is curious and want to go wants Shout to Shout out to the boys. Out. Yep. Um, they were talking about how Ferrari has technically had the faster car for the last three years, and Mercedes hasn't won as much as Ferrari has lost. And you know, and that was kind of our point last week was Ferrari didn't win, or Mercedes didn't win Mexico. They were gifted Mexico. Right, Ferrari blew it. Um, so I, I thought that there's some level of credence there, and I think that Ferrari. I think it speaks to your point that I think Ferrari is in desperate need of an overhaul of some sort. Maybe they bring back Fred Vasseur from Alfa Romeo, mm-hmm. which, again, they are having title sponsor issues, according to Joe Sayward. Um, and they say, okay, Fred, you're in charge. Figured this out. And he, because he turned Sauber around pretty well into a good midfield team from a backmarker team, which is outstanding to see. It's great. But 
Um, he knows what he's doing, and he might need to kind of revamp everything. And there's this element of fear, I feel like, in interviews and in anything you see from Ferrari. They feel like they're they're very measured, very um, different, uh, you know, responses that they give the press. And it's not like they're, you know, free to say whatever they want to say, like Mercedes is. And they can say, yeah, we messed up. Sorry. They, they might get fired for it. And... It feels like something has to be done at Ferrari uh, on a more systemic basis rather than a tweaking basis. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Bull, I agree, is on the up and up. And with that Honda Power unit, they've just outperformed the daylights out of it. And I'm thrilled about it. Um, which leads us ni- nicely into uh, the Red fact B- that Red Bull had a great weekend. They had a phenomenal weekend. Um, except for, you know, Max had, uh, you know, uh, Kind of a rough-ish race, uh, rough-ish qualifying because he didn't quite get it there, but not bad overall. Finished Albon on had the podium. Finished I think, on the podium. I think he could have grabbed second if Magnussen doesn't crash or yep. blow his brakes out in the final lap. I think he could have had second, yep. which is higher, really, than the Red Bulls should, should be. be right now. Exactly. And uh, Albon, Albon, I was actually thinking about Albon that had the disastrous race. Max yep. actually pretty respectable, really wanted to get aggressive, wanted more power at Albon, the end. Got driver of the day honors. Oh, that was what a drive from him. He had a first lap incident, which led him into uh, the pit yeah, in the he, first lap. That is did. not where you want to be, mm-hmm. especially if you don't have a safety car. Um, and he drove from the back of the grid. I believe 17th is where he was, um, all the way back up to 5th. Now that is a charge through the field to to beat the band. It was an awesome drive from Albon. I think that that drive right there secures the 2020 seat for him with As Red Bull. If it, if it wasn't already, because I think it's already a given that, that Alex Albon, even prior to this week, has been good enough to keep that seat. I think this week it's good enough to like lock it down. Absolutely. I, I think I think there's not a question in Red Bull question in their head anymore because that that is. Something Pierre Gasly wouldn't have done, even. Pierre yeah. Gasly had a rough week. We'll get into that. But Albon, I, not many other drivers on the grid can take a car like that and take it from last to fifth. Uh, was it last or was it 17th? Uh, it was last. When was he, it last? When he pitted, he was wow. in 20th. Okay, so, um, yeah, that's rough. And um, I haven't seen the public support uh, by Christian Horner for Alex Albon. I've seen, like, oh, he's a great driver. We're thrilled yeah. to have him. That kind of thing. He came out and said, that was an otherworldly drive. That was an amazing drive from Alex Albon. We are absolutely thrilled um, to see him you know, take that car well beyond uh, what we expected um, from his first lap incident. So to me, that's a glowing comment that's going to be being like, sorry, Pierre, he's got the seat. Yeah, he has to. Uh, I think, honestly, uh, for me, he is – Rapidly approaching that end of year award for driver of the year, um, because especially here on this show, yeah. Well, and because the turnaround from what that had been, that seat had been, to what it is now, is bigger than a than any turnaround any driver has had. I think the only other person that has had that level of positivity from a week to week basis, and also solid and consistent results would be one of the Mercedes drivers. Yeah. No, absolutely. So I, I think uh, I think Red Bull are set for the future. Another team set for the future. Let's talk about McLaren's weekend. 
We're kind of I blasting was, through the we, USGP, by the way. Are. But uh, that's okay. the, the, the news is just so juicy this week. We, it, it is a big section, and it was a bit processional. Um, we were thrilled to see some things come out of it. Again, solid weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but the news is really kind of what overshadowed from the beginning of the weekend. The race itself was kind of a snoozer after the first couple laps. Um, but McLaren was awesome this weekend. There was a first lap incident with Carlos Sainz. Um, he managed to bring it all the way back up to eighth, um, which put um, Lando in seventh. Great, uh, great result for the for the team for the weekend. I think that's going to seal up uh, P four for them in the in the constructors. I, I think it does. I think they've uh, clinched best of the rest in Formula One point five, uh, which is it's awesome because they weren't Very expected to be that good. They weren't expected to be that this year. No, and, and you everything's know, it, coming ahead of schedule for them. And um, they did have some interesting news. We don't have it written down here, but uh, Petrobras uh, has ended their sponsorship effective immediately. I think that's kind of expected, um, especially with their Mercedes engines coming in 2021. Mm-hmm. So um, Petronas is probably going to come in and be a sponsor because they're going to have to switch some things yeah. over. Um, and that process is starting. So I don't think that that's going to be like a weird, like, oh, they're losing sponsors. No, they're not. They're getting cool stuff. Yeah, I don't um, think... Uh, I- Petronas is, I think, the government of Malaysia, their their petrol company. They are a big sponsor of the Mercedes right, team. Right, right. And Petrobras is the government of Brazil, so it makes sense for one to come out and then the Petronas to come in. And uh, I want to say it's Malaysia. I'm not I sure. believe it is. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, it makes sense for the other oil company that's already associated with that engine, with that team to come in. Yeah. I don't... I don't think it's that's that's much to do. Uh, no, but um, I will say that it was a great weekend for the Woking camp. Um, yeah. And I think that you and I both agree that this is one of, if not our most uh, fun that we have watching any team. Yeah. I think it's one of our favorites um, to watch. Um, I will say for a personal uh, from a personal standpoint, every year I try to add one another one of those little one forty third cars to my collection. Little diecast, little diecast cars, um, based on who I like throughout the season. I've already ordered my Lando Norris twenty nineteen oh, McLaren yes. to put on my shelf because he has been a blast to watch. He put in a really solid weekend. Um, he was one of the best things I saw all weekend uh, with his. Uh, Moving up and down, side to side, yes. like a roller coaster. That might that might actually be the, the one of the awards we'll give. Yeah, out. no, I think that it should be. Um, that was hilarious. Um, but it leads us nicely into their power unit uh, supplier, which was Renault. Uh, I think they had a solid weekend. Look, you know, Danny Rick takes home P six. Renaults don't usually belong in P six. No, right? they were split by the McLarens, so that means they were running up. With the best of the rest. They were, and Danny Rick is really coming on form here late in the season. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, uh, it's only a second time scoring po- points in consecutive races, so consistently has been consistency has been a question with him. Yeah. But now that he's strung together, strung together a pair of good races, uh, you know, you're not seeing mu- much from Hulkenberg's camp either in terms of problems. I mean, he did finish P9, uh, but he didn't exactly... Uh, fumble it. He he committed to a one strop strategy, uh, and I think that was what they were they're planning on because he didn't pit until lap twenty seven. Yeah, and we just saw this week that the one stoppers were were pretty slow compared to everybody else. So at the end yeah. of the day, if you're Renault and you can split, or you can 
finish on either side of the McLarens. You can book in the McLarens, yeah. Right. Not bad. That's where you want to be. I mean, that's there are, you know, four other teams on the grid that would kill to be in that position. Absolutely. Um, and it's interesting, Renault um this week i don't think we have them later on in the news section but uh we were we had talked about them a little bit in the scuttlebutt last uh-huh. week um i was listening to an interview over on missed apex podcast with a former f1 boss um who was uh talking about how when renault first came back uh uh serial abitable was talking about how he he's going to get to 750 employees and this particular boss said well why do you want to get to that and he goes well that's what mercedes has yeah, but why? So um, I think we're seeing maybe a reexamination at, at Renault, uh, probably of Cyril and his um, management style and his uh, goal setting and things uh-huh. like that, and we might see him changed. I wouldn't be surprised either because even though that this is a positive weekend for Renault, uh, it's been nothing but disappointments year over year over year. In fact, they're not on the wall of shame, but they probably should be. They might be on probation soon. Yeah, they might be on probation soon. Uh, just a just a, a reminder, wall of shame is the city of Miami Gardens, Williams, Haas F1, Pierre Gasly, uh, Tilka Architectural Firm, that one lady from Miami, Lynette Hagenbottle, cursed be her name, and uh, Scuderia Ferrari. <laughs> Uh, so those those are our Wall of Shame nominees. Uh, let's move on to one of the Wall of Shame nominees, Haas F1. And this, look, I mean, we said it <sighs> what before. What a rough 2019 for them. I'm a Haas fan. This was one of the lower points of 2019, honestly, because you want to deal, you know, at least something in your home GP, and nah. Um, yeah, that, yeah. You know, Magnuson with that wreck. Uh, <laughs> On turn 12, two laps to go. Two laps to go. And here's oh. the, here's and the no, thing. And no, you weren't in the points. Mm-hmm. You were running 12th. It's not great, but yikes. And here's the thing, too, is Magnuson had warned them about his brakes earlier mm-hmm. in the race. He had said, you know, something's wrong. So, um, I mean, if they would have pulled him in, it's still a yikes finish. It's If they would have finished 12th, it's still a yikes. But the yeah. fact that... It was allowed to explode. Not that's not great. It's not a good look. Um, and you know, and then you know Grosjean coming in in fifteenth. I'm wondering why Grosjean has a seat still. Um, not just a seat still, a seat next year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's just he's Hulkenberg is out and Grosjean is still in. I, I, I don't question get it. even putting Grosjean on the outline because P15 is what I expect of him. <laughs> and like, there's nothing and, noteworthy to say about him and Lance Stroll. Uh, yeah. You expect the, these mediocre um, finishes, but um, it was revealed that um, Hulkenberg is out, and that is because our next team, Alpha, has confirmed that for 2020, Antonio Giovinazzi will retain his seat. Now he has had a good couple of weekends uh, in a row, so it might be mm-hmm. him coming on form, and he might have been introduced to Formula and, One too early and had and the yips. To be fair, uh, he's losing his teammate battle with Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah, but there's not a lot of guys around that lower half of the field that are going to win a battle with Kimi Raikkonen. No, yeah. the Ice Man cometh, and the Ice Man taketh. Yeah, and the Ice Man drinketh a lot. Oh, drinketh probably too much, if, if I dare say so. Uh, Alpha, no, the Ice Man can't be too drunk. That's not possible. I want to see him at the Ferrari Awards Gala every. <laughs> I want to see him like that all the time. What's your BAC one point oh? 
What's your BAC? Blah. 100%. Blah. Um, uh, but anyway, it, was, uh, it, was a, it was a bad weekend for them. Um, Giovinazzi came in 14th. Um, Kimi Raikkonen did get uh, 11th. It was kind of a rough one. Um, but he said, uh, if you take my previous races for sure, I was strongest for a long time, but obviously when you finish 11th, you get absolutely nothing. So you might as well be last. It makes no difference. So that's why it's disappointing. We don't need an F1 translator for him or Gunter. It's no, great. It's awesome. And I would say that's the perfect way to sum up 11th. Yeah. You don't get anything. You may as well come in last. Yeah. It, Just save the car at that point. Yeah. So. Um, I will say alpha is not a common 10th or higher car this year though. So I, I just... They've they've performed pretty well, um, you know, up until this point. Well, this point, I think anything after the summer break mm-hmm. has been a, just an abysmal yeah. uh, turnout for them. Um, Toro Rosso uh, had a rough weekend uh, featuring another penalty for Kvyat. Kvyat crossed the line in 10th but got handed a penalty for, oh, shocker, torpedoing Sergio Perez into the final lap. The penalty will bump him down to P12. The sound you hear done. is me making the home alone face. <laughs> I'm shocked, shocked. I tell you that Daniel Kvyat got handed a penalty for hit unnecessarily hitting a driver, making a gutsy overtaking move that was ill-advised. Oh, it was, oh. It was stupid, and I think you're seeing him kind of just giving up. Yeah, well, I think I think for good reason though, because he might be giving up because he There's wasn't nowhere for him to go. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't chosen for the Red Bull seat, which. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. Albon is by has out exceeded expectations in every way. But I, you know, at the time, it was why why did you not choose Kvyat for that seat? I said it. Yeah, and I'm happy to be proven wrong. Yeah. Um, so, but he, yeah, no. And he's then he's doing do. Daniel Kvyat things. So he is torpedoing Sergio Perez, who, um, you know, has had a good couple of weekends. That was a bummer. Uh, and then Pierre Gasly got caught in a scuffle with Sergio Perez before. So Sergio was just getting just beat around by these guys. But he had um, a decent weekend, though. He he started from the back of the grid after he failed to report to the way station. Nice miss, yeah, Sergio. Great, great job. Uh, but he recovered it into the points. He did. And that, I think, speaks to just how good of a driver he is. Um, and then uh, Lance Stroll moved up one position to P13 because he's Lance Stroll. Congratulations! Sure, uh, he yeah, moved he up. He moved up one position off of his start, but his dad's bank account moved up several positions. Did it? I think he moved back several positions because he's bankrolling his kid when he could make, be actually making money with someone better, like oh, I don't know, Ocon. Or hey, you know what? Next year, Hulkenberg needs to drive, baby. Exactly. Um, and then you have it here per- put perfectly. Williams was Williams. Here's the beautiful thing: is uh, Williams was Williams was how I summarized last week too. Yeah, we're not going to change that. I don't think this year. Uh, Robert Kubica uh, DNF'd after 31 laps due to a hydraulic failure because their parts were bad. Shocker. Uh, and then uh, you know uh, George Russell was in the race, presumably. So. Did you see much from him? Nope. Nope. Not a thing. Uh, you know, speaking of keeping things the same, and uh, we're going to kick it over to the news in just a second here. Speaking of keeping things the same, uh, Ferrari, I don't know if you ever picked this, picked up on this. I actually changed the Ferrari summary for the first time in four weeks. <laughs> in four races, I think it was, which was Ferrari. What was it? It was like Ferrari had the build up to a great weekend and was just disappointing. Like, I didn't yeah. change this Ferrari. One, one word on the rundown for like 
four straight races. Nope, that's why they're on the wall of shame. That's and why that's they're why we will not talk about them anymore today. Um, yep. Uh, well, I mean, they they will we get a mention. They will get a mention later, but uh, they can't win. They can't win the wreck of the week. Nope. Those will come up after though the juiciest news segment. The juiciest news segment of the year, dare I say? IndyCar news is here. Formula One news is here. There's just everything to talk about. I mean, we were shocked yesterday about certain news that came out of IndyCar. We were. But- <laughs> and that's not the first thing that shocked us out yeah. of IndyCar. Yeah. Um, you know, some driver changes that we were like, what? what? Uh, that's all coming up here on the Formation Lap with 101 ESPN. The Formation Lap. Welcome back, everybody, to the news. All the, the news, news that's fit to peruse here. <laughs> <laughs> news that's fit to peruse. Um. So I'm. I think I'm just gonna jump in the deep end. Luke, yeah, I, I mean, think. like, there's there's a couple huge stories. Um, I mean, there's a huge IndyCar story. There's huge F1 stories. Do you want to do IndyCar or F1 first? Let's do. Let's you... do IndyCar first. Okay, because it's the most recent. Yes. Because yesterday, uh, I started training at a uh, at a separate job just for the holidays, and my phone goes off, and I look at it. And I got I gleaned nothing from training yesterday because Roger Penske, or more accurately, Penske Entertainment, has now purchased the IndyCar Series and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. What? This is like if the Yankees bought Major League Baseball. That's exactly what it's like. Or the New England Patriots won so many Super Bowls that they were like, oh, hey, by the way, we're buying the NFL. Right. What? Oh, and we're going to... Uh, by one of the biggest stadiums where one of the biggest events is and every Super Bowl is going to be held held there. Right. Period. Right. Um, um wait, what? So Pinsky uh Roger Pinsky, he he owns both IndyCar and IMS in the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh the Holman family sold it to him. Holman's by the way has been in charge of Indianapolis Motor Speedway since the mid 40s. Yeah. Um and have seen Many generations of IndyCar here and there and blah, blah, blah. By the way, uh, Penske was a cart. During the great uh, open wheel split of America, Penske was a cart guy. Tony George, who is the guy who did the selling, uh, founded the Indy Racing League. Uh, So I think cart won because they now own the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I think that is the ultimate win. That's the long game win right there. I just don't know how I feel about it yet. Let me tell you how, how I don't I know feel. how to process it. I think it's it's okay. The only thing that Penske has ever done to me, besides be very effective at winning an awful lot of Indy 500s, yeah, is the only thing that he's ever said that rubs me wrong is the uh, is that he was looking into uh, he's looking into guaranteed slots for the Indy 500. He wants them. This was this was last year. Uh, he wanted guaranteed slots for the Indy 500. Yeah. And that rubbed me the wrong way, but I know that he's since kind of backed down and said, you know, hey, we're going to do what's best for the series. Probably during the uh, shootout day with, yeah. uh, with McLaren losing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, that was so cool. Well, McLaren's in the news later, too. Yeah, anyway, they are. But, uh, um, McLaren also ran their IndyCar today. Yes, they did. That was so cool. Yeah. But uh, back to the Penske news, uh, I think he said specifically in, in his – uh, media conference, press conference that took place, I mean, like, two hours after we all figured out what was going on. Yeah. I mean, like, it was out of nowhere, oh, shoot, we need to be there now. <laughs> yeah, it, and it was, it, it, took, 
it seemed to take the entire motorsport world by surprise. Yeah, it did. Um, he said that he he's he'll be throwing capital investment in. He says he specifically plans to only grow both the event and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, he said he used the term capital investment several times. They asked what his top ten is. He said, "I'm just going to go sit down with all my employees tomorrow. We're going to work out a top ten things to improve about this facility." And we're going to go from there. And he hint, and he, you know, implied that that's the same thing that he's going to do with IndyCars, continue to build. He said, quote, I think we look at the Speedway itself and the investment with the $100 million that was put in a few years ago before the 100th. And I think you've seen a tremendous change. We want to add capability as there are more fan zones. What can we use this for? Here's the big one. Can we run a 24-hour race here? Can we run a Formula One race here? What are the things we can do? This is just a great asset. He said 24-hour race and Formula One race without going, oops. He's He he, he meant it. He meant it. Yeah. He, he and wants a 24-hour race. He wants a Formula One race. I think that Indy being the spiritual home of racing in the United States, um, I think I think that's... That that's a natural fit to me. I think the only problem is does Formula One want Indianapolis? Um, I think they do. I think they want they want into the American market. Yeah, and you don't really, if you're talking open wheel racing, you cannot talk about any of that in the American market without talking about Indianapolis and the Indy Five Hundred and the Indy Speedway. It, it's it is a it is a spiritual touchstone. It is an, an American motorsport mecca, mm-hmm. really, because um, I know that you know you make the pilgrimage every year. Uh, many people go. There are it's a storied generational uh, place. So you have to go there, um, you know. And it, Formula One did for a while, um, and now they're going to be back. Yeah, uh, it it is a mecca, and I think Formula One probably uh, the old regime would have said, "Oh, it's not a glamorous enough city." It's not a destination city because it's Indianapolis. Bernie. But you know what isn't also isn't a destination city? Uh, Spa Francorchamps. Yeah. You know what else isn't a destination city is Monza. True. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Silverstone is an hour and 40 minutes away from a destination city in London. Yep. Yeah. And these are places where racing belongs. Yes. And I think that Formula One, you know, w- would certainly benefit benefit huge. from it and i think that that indianapolis would be open to it um i think the infield track will need a little reworking but not a lot they've swapped it since the last time the indy since the last time they raced there um and uh there's a lot more switchbacks that even the indy cars don't use yeah that can be used but uh i think that i think a 24-hour race would be really thrilling oh there. my god we would have to go we, we, that would be so cool we would make that pilgrimage 100 because for for reference austin is what about 15 hours from us yeah 16 it's, hours it's a good long one um indy when i do the indy 500 uh i wake up at 5 a.m drive there and then drive back the same day it's three hours and change away from us yeah not bad at all uh it, it's it's interesting, and I think that the fact that he's open to these things is only a positive for the speedway. I think you can... open, and I think he is enthusiastic about it. Yes. The fact where he, in the first shocking, you know, uh, press conference, he brings it up, yeah, and talks about it. I think that that's awesome. If there's anybody who has a respect for the speedway and a respect for the sport, it's Roger Penske. Yeah, this is a dude who got rich to fund his IndyCar addiction. Yep. He got rich to fund being able to be at the 500 more. 
and then he bought the, the, yeah. the event. So and now he owns the sport. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if he's if he's looking to rejuvenate the the speedway, if he's looking to build the, um, he's probably looking to build IndyCar alongside Formula One as it becomes more prevalent domestically. Yeah. Um, because we did see at Coda. I know that you put this later in the rundown, um, but uh, there was a bigger turnout for the Formula 1 race than yep. there was the NASCAR race. I think I think the beauty of IndyCar is that they don't need to compete with Formula 1 right now. Mm-hmm. What they need to do and what they're doing brilliantly is swooping in on NASCAR fans. They're swooping in on NASCAR fans. They're cleaning that up, cleaning that out. Um and Formula 1 is definitely helping uh with it. But if we look um F1 sold out 120,000 people in Texas for the weekend. NASCAR it was uh, maybe 40k was at Texas Motor Speedway. 40k yeah. at Texas Motor Speedway. That just speaks to the popular, the growing popularity of Formula One and the, the disenfranchisement and the disenfranchisement of American motorsports fans with the product that NASCAR is putting. Exactly, and the and I think that you're going to see a bigger uptick in IndyCar uh, attendance. We saw a huge one at uh, Worldwide uh, Technology, Technology Speedway. It's gonna it's it's gonna be a really good time. It's a perfect time to buy in. This is a this is a Warren Buffett type move. It is. It is. Um, buy it's, when you're when you can see that the uh, thing is on the rise. So, yeah. um, so one question about Penske buying okay. IndyCar. I, you thought about it. I thought about it. Everybody thought about it. Is well, how do we do a team owner who also owns the league? That might be a mighty conflict of interest. <laughs> I don't know. Well, he said this. He says, well, I think uh, as you look at the construct as we go forward, the sanctioning body and in the NDT IndyCar series will be a separate company and the other assets will be in the Speedway. I think with the proper board, I think you have to ask our competitors at this point what the proper board <laughs> needs to be at. Uh, Tony, has, uh, Tony has been a car owner. That's Tony uh, Tony George, former, mm-hmm. owner, former head of the Holman Company. Yep. Uh, Tony has been a car owner, and we're talking about it today. I think Tony said all along he had uh, Wilbur Shaw, Eddie Rickenbacker as drivers. Um, So it can be done. There's been a history, but I don't want to leave this conversation without uh, without knowing that I understand the integrity and there's got to be a bright line. And to me, I know what my job is, and hopefully I've got enough credibility with everyone that we can be sure that there is not a conflict. I'll do my very best to ensure that there isn't. If you think it is – I hope that I know you folks will tell me pretty quick. I got a lot of guys watching me, and I think that kind of hits on something. Is IndyCar because it can be run fairly cheaply compared to other motorsports? I think that uh, one, if there's anybody who knows what kind of damage a split will do, it's Roger Penske. Yeah, um, he's lived it. Right. Two, um, he knows too that if the, if it's not perceived as fair. The other teams and the media will definitely know them. We'll definitely let them know. And there's no incentive for another team to compete in a league that they don't deem fair. Right. Uh, it's interesting to me that the NTT IndyCar Series will be a separate company. Um, that's more or less out of his control. He just has the money invested in it. Yeah. Um, and he also said that he's going to step down from the pit wall uh, on Team Penske moving forward. Which is forward. a good move. Right. Uh when he says, I think, uh, da, 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 hopefully I've got enough credibility with everyone and that we can be sure that there's not a conflict, I think that's true, too. I think Penske, of all people, 
if there is one person in IndyCar where everybody's like, yeah, he's good and it's frustrating, but you respect the man and he's pretty, you know, he's a pretty fair figure. Yeah. It, it, Pinsky's the guy I would trust most. I agree. Um, so I, I don't hate the idea of him as a leader. Um, I would think that he has – I. I'm not going to pass judgment until judgment needs to be passed. How's that? Okay. Because right now I trust him, and if he violates that trust, now we can talk. But right now he's had a track record to this point where I think placing he, doubt on him is kind of unfair. He knows the consequences, and the thing, the reason I just don't know how to feel is because I've seen the system abused, and I just hope it doesn't go badly. He said all the right things. Yeah. Um, he said precisely what you would need to say as a man in his position – or as anyone in his position, not just a man. But, um, you know, I think that, that I'm I'm hopeful. I think that for me, sitting here as a, as a fan, as someone who covers this kind of stuff, seeing that there is so much to be gained here in the next few years, yeah. I would hope that he doesn't want to put a single toe wrong. We're, we're, that, we're that Star Wars meme from, uh, from uh, what, what's the... What's the the Force Awakens, where he's like, we're this close to greatness. <laughs> yeah, we are very, very we're close We're very to close. Um, interestingly, um, another company that was talked about uh, purchasing this, Liberty Media, was supposedly wanted this from uh, Which, Tony George. And it's so weird, because earlier this summer, there were rumblings that Liberty was looking to sell Formula One. Right. What? Right. What are they doing over there? Well, and especially because it seems like Liberty, in recent time, with the Formula One... Um, the way they're setting up new races and new markets, the way that they're um, investing in the 2021 rules and they're really strong-arming um, rule changes yeah. and teams, it, to me, that's signaling more of a double-down than I want to sell. I hope so. I hope that it's more of, less of a reportedly and more of a, hey, we were really interested in it. We're, hopefully, we're hopeful that we can work with Penske. Right. Yeah. Um, so here, here's my question is, suppose Penske doesn't buy IndyCar. Mm-hmm. And it goes to a separate company. Let's say Disney. All right. Yeah. Is Penske a better solution than a big conglomerate like a Disney? I think he is. I would absolutely say so because he has that storied history in the sport, and he um, understands what makes the sport tick. Right, and he's uh, he he would do well for the fans. I would think. Yeah, so, he knows yeah. he knows what the fans want because remember that's where he comes from. He comes from. A lineage of of fandom racing, and then wanting you know becoming a racer, and then owning teams. Right. He he's very much in touch with the people, so to speak. And his his utmost desire is to see not is not just to make money, but to see the sport do well, right? And the sport thrive. So um, I think, as I'm sitting here, you know, it's being it's more convincing that it, this might be a really good thing, but I just it's too close for comfort <laughs> for me. Right, right. Um, You're but, you you. You're not going to judge negatively, but he has to prove to you it's a positive thing through the next actions. Right. I'm saying that I think it's a positive thing until he proves to me that it's negative. I think it's a resounding we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yep. Um, but I think this is a it's a great opportunity. I think that that his his stewardship. If he didn't own the team, I would be ecstatic about the way he he knows the sport. Right. Um, so let's move on to the big F1 news. Shall we? Okay. Did you want to hit on the other one on that page for with IndyCar? Uh, we can come back to that. We'll okay. do big F1, Sounds big IndyCar, and it. then little IndyCar and little All F1. Right. All right. So big F1 news, 2021 plans, they've been revealed. They have been officially revealed. Uh, they do promise big 
changes for the sport. First, the cars. They will be uh, much less complicated wings. They do look a lot like Indy cars uh, look, used to. They look pretty nice, if I dare say so. They, the, the lines are really clean. They did highlight these sections where the teams uh, have the ability to customize. Mm-hmm. So those aren't the car, the um Pure carbon fiber card they rolled out at the press conference isn't necessarily going to be what is on the grid. They're going to be looking kind of like that. That's the ballpark. Um, They should, in in theory, uh, allow cars to follow much closer because the whole uh, idea is they're using ground effect to get rid of the dirty air so the cars can follow more closely. We Mm -hmm. talked about that with the physics professor. I really hope uh, we can have him back on. Dr. LeBeau, I've reached out to him. We've been been in contact. Awesome. Um, so, uh, second item of business, a team cost cap will be put in place for the first time ever, limiting the budgets to $175 million. With an asterisk. Big, big asterisk. Uh, the cost cap does not cover the driver salary, the top three personnel at any team, or marketing costs. Right. So, you're limiting it to the employees, your wind tunnel time, and the the cost to build the car. Right. Um, it's still a big restriction. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I think it allows teams to dominate, but it doesn't allow them to Mercedes it. Right. Like (laughs) no one's going to be able to pull a Mercedes for a long time. Right. Um, and and when you think about it, that's not really all that different from the NFL at this point. Right. It's true. Yep. The NFL, uh, major league baseball exempts, uh, executive stuff. Uh, Um, the NHL, uh, you can pay, you, you can pay. Well, let's think about the top three of like the, the, NFL, right? Yep. You can you can only pay a set month number. You can only pay a set dollar amount for your team. Yes. With the exception of GM, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, coach, right? Yep. Those are your four top ranking personnel that are exempt. That doesn't bother me because that's no. that's that's what this is. And you know what's interesting to me? Suspiciously, they do not talk about current plans and current development of the 2021 car Ooh! so it doesn't say retroactively you can't spend anything on developing the car so i guarantee you mercedes is currently yeah there's creative accounting going on because they're spending the money now to develop the car Mm -hmm. and the engine and you know i guarantee that's happening by the way though the penalty the penalty for circumnavigating that cap uh is hefty yeah, it's, it's being barred some, from the series. Yeah, it's it's got some teeth. And uh, <laughs> Ross Braun actually had an interesting uh, bit when he was talking about this. He said that there, the reason there are teeth now is because that used to be a gentleman's agreement. And he said, "quote There are no more gentlemen in the paddock." I think that's I think that's just a thing that I is like, twenty nineteen about it is. There's no more gentlemen's agreements anymore. Yeah, there are no more gentlemen's agreements. There are no more gentlemen in the paddock, so that's kind of how it's going to be. It's just like, Ross Braun, <laughs> what? He's just laying the hammer down. Go ahead. Should, should Ross Braun be on our wall of fame? Absolutely. Okay, Ross Braun goes on next week. Yes, he does. Okay, because I, I don't have it printed out yet. That but. guy is amazing. Um, his book is a bit uh, preachy because it wasn't written by him. It was written by somebody else, and it's... Uh, uh, ask Todd about that next time we're on because that's <laughs> going to be fun to watch him get angry. Um, anyway, but, uh, but cards, uh, no. car, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll continue here. Next point: order of business. Cards will not be able to be upgraded over the weekends. Aero upgrades will be limited in order to make the sport cheaper and entice new teams to join. Right. So you're not going to be able to touch that car very much no. over the weekend. That'll be interesting. No, and you're the number of times you can upgrade 
your arrow over the season too is just it, it's a set number. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I'm interested is how much that changes when we go from like a Monza to a Singapore, because that is an arrow change. But those track you cannot have the same arrow for those tracks. That's a disaster. No, and you it's can't dangerous. have the same one for Monza that you do for Mexico. And those aren't back to back, but right. you know that's going to be rough. So I wonder what the play is with we can put a different wing on the car, but what it was an aero change at that point though. I don't know, but it's going to be interesting. Um, um, free practice three will also be the point at which the teams must return the cars to the reference specification presented before free practice one. So any any body work that you try out in practice, you roll up to practice one. You say this is our specification. No longer can you just stick something on trialing out and practice one and two and be like, actually, we're going to stick that. We're going to stick with that. You have to return it back. Yep. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if that actually stays in place. Um, there's probably going to be some whinging. Some, yeah. I think is the word I'm going to go for, whinging. I like that. Um, so... There's going to be that. There's also going to be a large reduction in the wind tunnel testing, instead focusing more on computer simulations of aerodynamics to reduce costs. This one I like. I think this is just an easy-peasy way to cut out a lot of cost yeah. and entice new people because um, I'm not going to pretend to know. McLaren's going to be specifically hurt over that yeah. because they just unveiled that new wind tunnel, yeah. and that's going to be brutal. Yeah, uh, We'll talk with Dr. LeBeau when he comes yeah. back in. But I would I would think that today, um, with high tech, you know, higher end computers, you could simulate pretty much anything down to a T that you want. Yeah. Um that that you would be able to test in wind tunnels. I understand sometimes you test it and other things come about, but I would think you can those models are now pretty accurate. Yep. And hey, if I'm um Ford, you know, now I don't need to build this kind of crazy complex to do this. Now I just need Yo, that's one huge expense off the off the sheet. Yep. Um, some components, or wait, standardized parts will include disc brakes, calipers, drive shafts, rims, steering columns, and pit stop equipment. Yeah. So everybody's going to have the same pit guns, stop guns, yep, everything, all that. Um, some components will be open source, so you'll be able to see the design. Some components will be required to belong only to the team: your aero and your chassis tub. Uh, and then some components will be able to be sold or supplied to other teams. So hydraulics, electronics, gearboxes, things like that. Um, yes. Yeah, so there, you can go find the breakdown. It's much longer, much more in detail. But basically it breaks every part down to about five different things, mm-hmm. five different categories. Some you can't if, – if Red Bull can't just give their arrow to Toro Rosso, right? Yeah. Others, Red Bull can supply or sell, you know, their hydraulics to Toro Rosso. Um, the other two are there's standard parts and then there's standards. There's like specified parts. So like, um, your halo isn't a standardized part, but they it's like a specified part where they give you the dimensions and what it has to do, and you just have to make it yourself. Yeah, it's more or less standardized. The halo is already standardized pretty yeah. much. Well. We have seen the Halo be integrated into aero packages now, right. which has been cool to see. Um, you know, the Mercedes uh, Halo definitely warps differently. Mm-hmm. It has to achieve the same thing. Um, so they have specif- uh, specificity as to what impacts it has to take and things like that. Um, but the other stuff is up to the team. So um, there's there's one other thing. Yeah. 
Tires are 18 inches now uh, okay. to reduce degradation. Good. Increased life, which I think everybody's okay with. Mm-hmm. And the team's actually, Pirelli is uh, set to redo the tires for next year because the uh, prototypes <laughs> were so resoundly rejected by the drivers. They're like, oh. these are terrible. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, Pirelli does, Me too. <laughs> honestly, for an exclusive contract, that's all advertising is what it is. Yeah. Pirelli does a pretty terrible job at getting positive PR out of their tire supplies. There's, as the tire supplier, there's no real good way to, to win. Right, because yeah. like, I have a negative perception of Pirelli, and they pay billions for me to like hate on them every week. They do. They do do that. But uh, but yeah, so those are that's a that's an overview, the 30,000-foot view of what's coming next. Um, Ross Braun threw down the gauntlet and said, this is how it's going to be. And this is this is all approved, by the way. This is all through Formula One right now. And they've voted on it, and yep. they've accept, accepted it. So we're um, going to see. Quick, quick opinion. Did they knock it out of the park? Will we, I mean, if you had to guess right now, will this be a success? Yes. I would say so, too. I think, I think the odds of them not having knocked it out of the park is very low. Ver, uh, the odds of having not. No, of not, of having, not yeah, yeah, the odds of it failing are low. Yes, I think the, the odds, odds are of failing, yeah. having and I would say, resoundingly um, succeeded is pretty high. I would say so, yes. And I think uh, in Ross Braun, I trust. Um, <laughs> the man is a technical genius. He knows how the paddock works. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be great. I think I think it'll take some getting used to. Uh, specifically, the uh, the rim covers look really weird. That's the only thing I don't like: rim covers on the on the tires. I think the the biggest hurdle that they're going to have is this is, to my knowledge, the only sport in your that's originated in Europe and popular in Europe that is going to have a salary cap, which is essentially what it is. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a lot of getting used to that with European fans who are much more used to. Uh, capitalistic systems in their sports i think they'll get used to it when the racing is better i think so too once the racing gets better once they're able to follow more closely they're like oh okay this will be fine because the salary cap doesn't bother me in the nhl because i see a random team win every year that i'm still like that team really did deserve to win but you see more upheaval and that's what makes it fun yeah uh so let's go over to the small formula one news uh coda We'll close this winter for extensive repairs to the track. They're going to fix the bumps and undulations that hassled F1 drivers and MotoGP drivers this all, year. All the white spots you saw this weekend in the replays or if you watched it live were bits where they ground down the actual track. Mm-hmm. That That's what all of those were. So it wasn't paint on it like you see in like... Uh, you know the the Tour de France and the on the roads. No, they yeah. ground down the track. And there were some areas they couldn't ground the, grind the track down because it was already too low. Exactly. So um, after the 2015 flood, uh, water seeped into the soil uh, and pipes laid beneath the track. The uh, um, the, tra- the rebar stuff. Yeah. Um, the track accepted that moisture he- heaved upwards, basically. Correct. And and it actually. Uh, you know, across in certain sections, it has dropped by one and a half meters. Right. So what what happened was they have pipes under the track that are supposed to deal with, with moisture, with water running under the track. There's so much moisture in Austin, which is not used to getting a lot of rain. Austin is in western Texas. Even like Houston receives more moisture than it. Right. It is very much desert. Um, But... They had all this moisture come out. It, it overwhelmed the pipes. It overwhelmed the area around the pipes, washed out a lot of soil. That dirt around there, which I've looked up, uh, even though this was specially brought in dirt yeah. for this track, 
the dirt around there is still not used to receiving that amount of moisture. Right. So it took away a lot of the dirt, and now that the dirt has dried back up to where it was, you're missing a lot of the mass of that. Because it washed away. Right, and it settled in a weird location, and it's actually led to the track dropping by a meter and a half, which is four feet, 11 inches and change, so right around five feet it's dropped, which is wild. massive. I have a friend who's a civil engineer, and I asked him how much he knew about, you know, roads and how that plays he goes not a lot he goes i learned about it in school but he's designs other stuff and he i said because this track dropped five feet and he he went oh crap i'm gonna have to go read on that because that sounds that's that's huge and that's huge enough to be really interesting so he went and read about this just because five feet is a lot it's a massive amount right and so um, they will close coda this winter to give Uh it a complete resurface and uh, make repairs uh, Bobby Epstein said, we excavated nine feet deep to put the track here and brought in special soils. However, clearly the flood of 2015 caused some very serious heaving, and we haven't fixed those areas since then, and it's just gotten worse. There have been, there's been some washout around pipes. There are pipes under the track, and in 2015, the water followed those pipes, not just inside, but around them. It caused erosion, and that left this void, and then you got some heavy heaving and shrinking. We know it's a problem, and it's scheduled for a big repair. Those pipes are coming out, but we didn't think it was going to affect F1 cars like this. Right. Um, so they, they went in not anticipating this big of an issue. Clearly it is an issue, um, and so they're going to change it over the winter time. I, I think I think part of me is like that does give the track a little bit of character, right? I, I wouldn't, bumps, bumps can be fun. I wouldn't mind bumps, but obviously like, uh, you know, who was it? I think it was Kevin Magnuson or was it Max Verstappen that was like, there's a jump on turn nine. Not a bump, a jump. <laughs> And you know you clearly saw Seb's Ferrari go snap. So. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if that if that suspension was because it had been weakened from running so much in FP1, FP2. I don't think they replaced the suspension. I mean, at the very least, since they went to Park for May. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if that had to play into it. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say too. I saw a quote um, by one of the MotoGP drivers who drove there, and he he basically said he goes, "It was like." The main straight is like super cross whoops. He goes, you you throw your you throw your weight back on the bike and just pray. let it let it yeah basically pray yeah pray. It's uh, I think it'll be good. I'm excited to see the fresh asphalt next year. Um, you know, hopefully uh, the WEC goes back. I know that they had said that they weren't going to go back. Yep. Um, because of the bumps. Yeah. Um, and how dangerous it is. You leave some of the bumps because it makes it actually unique. But don't don't make it dangerous. Fix the track. Um, but fix it. If I had my dream, it would be fixed in such a way that like the, uh, the Atlanta motor speedway is fixed and that like, <laughs> right. It's safe now, but, but you kept... still have like no grip because that's the nature of the track. Yeah. So... Um, all right. The, uh, the small IndyCar news, uh, which is actually big. It'd be the leading story on any other week. Yeah. Uh, arrow McLaren Schmidt Peterson. It's actually arrow McLaren SP now. Well, there's four names in this. It's ridiculous. Anyway, Aaron McLaren SP have announced their driver lineup. Um, it's something. It's young. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's almost like a Formula One team. Yeah. Oliver Askew, uh, the current Indy Lights champion, who we had the privilege of talking to uh, at, uh, at Worldwide Technology Raceway, uh, will sit in one slot. It's a good choice. I don't think that surprises anybody. He was very good this year. Yep. And uh, him and Renus VK were both good Oliver Askew won the championship so he is actually guaranteed by Indy Lights to have at least two I think it's two races in IndyCar next season 
yeah. is what the winner's entitled to. So to, for him to find a full-time seat isn't that surprising. Yeah. Um, but, no, it's it's exciting. Um, and then we also have Pato Award, now uh, ousted from the Red Bull program, joins as the second driver. This is pretty interesting, Luke. Did you just – so wait, wait. Then then where's James Hinchcliffe going? You know, like one of the most popular drivers in, in, in IndyCar? Yeah, he's out. Wait, so you're telling me that the guy who basically made Schmidt-Peterson into what we know it as today – the guy who has the massive he has contract found himself out in the cold. The guy who has the massive contract and is the face of Honda of North America, and who actually I think dropped that contract. I don't to go me on with that. Chevy. Yeah, yeah, dropped that contract to go with Chevy to stay on this team. He do, he doesn't have a job and doesn't have that contract now. Yeah, that's correct. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Say what? <laughs> yeah, he's just out. Um, and I think you make the right point here. It's the first thing I thought. Yeah, was um. That executive arrow is still pretty mad. He did the ESPN, the magazine body issue, and where he was uh, nude, tastefully so, but showing off his scars as a race car Yeah, I looked at him at work, and they didn't judge me too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 101 ESPN. Um, so uh, that the executive at Arrow likely still had an issue, and it's my bet, as well as yours, that uh, combined with a young push from McLaren, um, he was pushed out. Right. I think McLaren didn't have an didn't have an issue with James Hinchcliffe. I no. think Arrow did. Yeah. And I think that um, McLaren though saw that opportunity and just said, "Hey, Pato Award got dropped by Red Bull. Our brand is young. Our brand is young. The it is, average it is getting young now. Red Bull has that historical we do young uh, drivers type of thing. Um, and McLaren has seen a huge reward with Lando Norris being the youngest driver they've ever had in their car. Carlos Sainz being a younger driver. He's the oldest for- McLaren driver right now, by the way. Carlos Sainz is. Yeah, he is currently the youngest <laughs> they are the oldest one. And he was a former Red Bull driver. Yeah. So they know that they what they're getting out of the Red Bull program Um and they they would absolutely go for it. So they probably signed off on it. And Arrow was like, "We have an extra grind with James James Hinchcliffe, so he is just out." I am stunned. I'm stunned too. I don't think I think we'll see him in next year's 500 for sure. I hope so. Well, I he, hope he'll a team find picks him up. somewhere because not only is he a talented driver, I wouldn't say he's the most. He's not Alexander Rossi, Scott Dixon, you know, Pagino. Simon Pagino. No, he wins races though. Yep. Uh, on his day, he'll do it. On his day, he'll do it. And I think the other thing, too, is you can't – you have guys on the grid like – no offense to Zach Veach, but Zach Veach, who <laughs> is not exactly – I don't say he's not marketable, but, like, he doesn't grab headlines. He's not a media magnet like a Simon Pagano is. Right. Simon Pagano, you run into him for the first time ever, he's like, how are you doing? He's a PR he's a, machine. He's a gregarious individual. Right. Gave us best interview I've ever done anywhere. Yeah. Um, awesome. Awesome guy. Episode one for those of you listening. Anyway, but uh, it, I think James Hinchcliffe is too good PR-wise. Brings it. Sponsors love him. Yeah. They Honda, think about this. For as obscure as IndyCar is to the general American public, Honda made an IndyCar driver the face of their North American like ad campaign for years. It was a long time, and it yeah. was a handsome contract that he got. And he did well with it. That tells you how much sponsors love him. I would think a smaller team is just licking at their chops going, yeah, we can add a, a third car, a second, third, fourth car if we want to 
have James Hinchcliffe bring in those sponsor dollars. Absolutely. So, um, Arrow's contract, by the way, was no joke either. No, Arrow was very legitimate. Yeah, yeah, very handsomely paid that team. So, but you know, I don't blame McLaren. Um, they saw their opportunity, they took it, and this is a fresh, this is a soft reboot for the team. A good reboot, right? Um, you know, overall, I mean, obviously, I would much prefer Hinchcliffe to stay, right. but I, I look, get it. I look at Arrow Schmidt Peterson or Arrow McLaren. I look at Arrow McLaren as a different team than Arrow Schmidt Peterson. Hundred percent. Um, so, even though it's the same cars in the same slot, I, I think this is a soft reboot for the team. And if you have the opportunity to go young like that with two young, talented drivers, you take it. Don't forget, Pato Award was very impressive. Unfortunately, I would have liked more to see three cars, and you have James Hinchcliffe taking those two under his wing. But, you know, you, you don't get everything perfectly. James Hinchcliffe will be back. 100%. Will be back. So yeah, let's kick it back. in to the awards coming up here on the Formation Lap on 101 ESPN. The Formation Lap. Welcome back to the awards segment. It's time for everybody's favorite awards show. The, the Formation Laps Awards segment. So That's right. Uh, do you want to start with, uh, do you have a rant for me? We actually have a new feature we're going to test out. So We uh, are. We're going to we're gonna give it the old test run, give it the shakedown should laps. Should we try that um, or should we do the old man rant? I think I'm going to let you do the old man rant first and then we right. will go into the new segment. All right. We have um, a guest in studio. We've, we do we've have had a guest. him all, time, all the time. So we should explain to him as we explain to the audience what the old man rant is. So Luke's old man rant is where I give him something absolutely absurd. To argue. He gets the topic and he has to rant for a minute and a half. um, And he has to sell and be positive about whatever I'm telling him to do. Because one of my gifts is being able to argue and being able to passionately argue about something that I don't even remotely believe in. I just like to be angry. (laughs) I'm just an angry guy. He is an angry guy. Um, So I am going to... Give him one that he might actually get angry at me about. All right, all right. Um, he's going to limber up because this is he's going to throw his back. Some out power squats one. going on here. Yep. Adjust my hat. Here we go. Lance Stroll deserves his seat at Force India. Well, let me tell you why Lance Stroll deserves his seat at Force India. Let me tell you right now. All right, one. What has always been the main barrier to entry into Formula One? It's money. All right, and he's got it. Pay drivers have had a long and storied history in Formula One. And honestly, if Lance Stroll didn't drive in Formula One, Racing Point Force India, Force Racing Point India, whatever the heck you want to call it, might not even be in there. Do you want to drop to 18 cars? No, you don't. Why? Because Lance Stroll keeps our car count sky high. You know, I'm not going to lie. It's not sky high. It's at 20. But it it keeps a team in business. Also, how are you going to look? Sergio Perez in the eye, and say, you don't have a job anymore because Lance Stroll's too bad to race in Formula 1, so all your money's going away. Right? You're going to look... I want you to look him in the eye, look his wife in the eye, look his parents in the eye, and say, no, he doesn't. he's not going to race in Formula 1. All right? Two. Is he bad? Yeah. You know who else is bad? Robert Kubica. All right? But you still bought the die cast to him, didn't you? Yes. So, you know, you know who else? You know who else sucks? Uh, I don't know. Most of the bottom of the grid, driving wise, I'm just, I'm just saying it. All right, he's bad, but so is the rest of the bottom of the grid. You think, you think, you know, I, Michael Schumacher himself was gonna take, you know, racing point force point India point. 
You think they were going to take him all the way to, you know, first place? No, it's a crap car. Why would you waste a talented driver on a crap car? That's why Robert Kubica is at Williams, and that is why Lance Stroll should remain in Formula One with Force Racing Point India. That was an extremely hard one to argue. Um, you told me, though, why yeah. he, why pay drivers are good, not why he deserves the seat. But I am still going to give it to you. That was a B. That was a really good effort. Yeah, Kim, screw you, you for making you were, me argue you, that. You, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> you were dancing. It was. You were really having to get into it. I thought it was going to break your Caffeine's back. So well done. In. I know, right? Um, but our next segment is with our in in studio guest, Bob. Bob, how you doing? Doing good. No, no, Bob. How are you? Um, just a just a side note. Did you understand mostly anything we've talked about thus far? I've uh, some of it. Yeah, you guys did a good job explaining a lot of it, but most of it, no. But so, you know what? I liked it anyway. Bob's not. Bob's not a racing aficionado. He he's a fan, but he's he's here because one, he's a, he's a dear friend of both of ours, and two, he's here with a new segment we like to call the Obscure Driver of the Month. Would you like to implore us? Who is the obscure driver of the month that we should be celebrating this month of November of 2019? The first obscure driver of the month with Thanksgiving coming up, of course, is Andy Pilgrim. Now, was that intentional? Oh, my gosh. He chose Pilgrim because it was intentional. Andy Pilgrim. Came over on the Mayflower. No, he didn't come on the Mayflower. So first, I can tell you why. First, like the original Pilgrims, Andy Pilgrim is English. Second... Also like the original Pilgrims, Andy was not as successful in America as he would have wanted. He had some success winning the 2001 Petit Le Mans, and he won the 2005 Speed World Challenge GT Series in North America in his one and only NASCAR Sprint Cup race, the 2001 Toyota Save Mart 350 Classic. We all remember it. Well I done, remember sir. it well. <laughs> he finished way back, as we all know, 26th. Oh, you know, I, I can't believe it was on the tip of my tongue. I'm sorry. I didn't know he did finish. I thought he was still going. No. So well, slow. I have some so advice, slow. though. I think he would have done better as as a pilgrim if instead of being in his Chevrolet, he'd driven a Plymouth. Yeah! <laughs> Love it. Love it. That's awesome. So awesome. He should have driven it. The pilgrim should have driven the Plymouth, for sure. Now, I'm picturing Andy. I wonder if Andy Pilgrim ever raced against, like, Paul Newman. Yeah, because Paul Newman was a racer. I wonder if they mm-hmm. ever raced against each other. So Paul Newman could be like, come on, Pilgrim. And he was like, I'm coming, I'm coming. Wasn't that John Wayne? That was John Wayne. Shut up. But you know what? John Wayne could have raced a horse against him. Oh, that's true. He could have. Paul Newman would have been, uh, you know... Talking about Cool Hand Luke stuff. Is Paul Newman the coolest man to have ever existed? Yes. In like man. Period. Yes. Because uh, I'm going to say it's either like him, uh, Steve McQueen, Clint Eastwood, somewhere in there. Uh, John the, Wayne's up there. Of that group, though, Newman has the best salad dressing. That's true. I didn't get paid for this. I'm not being sponsored by Paul Newman. Yet. Yeah, I'd hope not. But if he wants to send me any well, from the he, grave, his, I'd be happy. He, he passed sick. away. <laughs> he, he's dead, but he he'll, he'll his family might. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> they noticed a spike in Paul Newman's uh, salad dressing sales. All right. Um, so, uh, hey, you know what? Let's let's involve Bob a little bit uh, with some of the upcoming um, awards, okay. shall we? Let's. Um, would you like to do one or two first? I'm going to do number two. All right. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Here we go with a steaming award number two, the wreck of the week. That is right. That music means it's time for the wreck of the week. Everybody's least favorite favorite award. That's correct. Um, do you want to nominate? Yeah, I will. Go I will go up first and nominate Ferrari. But no, I won't. I'm sorry. We can't nominate Ferrari. We, we can nominate Ferrari. They just can't win. That's right. We can nominate Ferrari. Good Goodness, things just cannot get worse for the Italian Stallions. They cannot get their act together. They are nominated again because they were just so god-awful horrible in Austin. That was brutal to watch. But they cannot win. Sorry, Bob. Yeah, sorry. Why can't they win? They're on the wall of shame. The wall of shame is for teams ideas and places that perform so poorly that we feel like we're beating a dead horse or just kind of beating up on the kid at school who doesn't deserve it. So they can't win in here just like in real life? That's yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. This is this is why Bob sticks around here. All right. Uh, so Ferrari, you've been nominated, but uh, unfortunately we have two very strong nominees. Uh, I will go with whoever the heck that dude was performing the USGP anthem. I've never seen a doo-wop anthem before, and I hope I don't see a doo-wop anthem again. That was, if F1 were as popular as the NBA, that would be our Fergie moment. <laughs> that's, that's You had to bring up Fergie. It was so bad. Was so bad. What if Fergie and Roseanne did a doo-wop one together? Oh. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I think that's a special. I think that's actually uh, one of Dante's Rings of Hell. Yeah, I think it's I think six, it sixth. I think yeah, six, six. Rank. Only for the second, you know, the worst, of the worst, really. And our final nominee for the wreck of the week is James Hinchcliffe losing his Honda sponsorship to stay with SPM McLaren, and McLaren drops him anyway. The mayor is now out of a job. Um. All right. Well, I think I think we, we obviously Ferrari can't win, so we have two left. We have three people in the studio here. Mm-hmm. So I think we should just do a straight vote. Okay. Okay. Um, my problem is I don't think Bob saw the national anthem performance. Okay. So I propose we s- pause the episode, have Bob watch the. What if anthem you guys just sang it for me? Uh, no. I don't have enough caffeine in my bloodstream right now to make that happen. So yeah, I'm no, sorry. I don't have enough. I have too much dignity left. Um. So do you? <laughs> That's up. a bold claim at this point. Shut up, Dim. <laughs> Shut up, Bob. Anyway, but uh, I propose we pause the episode, have him listen to it, and decide if that is worse than a guy giving up his spot, his million dollar sponsorship in order to, to still continue to get fired. Yep. So uh, we'll pause the episode. We'll be back to you guys in like two seconds. We're back. All right. So Bob has heard the doo wop national anthem. I did by Shiny Ribs. I had to run out screaming. Yeah. Um, the screaming that, was better than the anthem. Wait. Sorry. Shiny Ribs was their name? Shiny Ribs, one word. Can <laughs> <laughs> I nominate that as the wreck of the week? The, the, the name of the group? <laughs> Jesus. Surely they'd be enshrined if that one wins, right? What came in sec? What was? What did they eliminate? Dull Ribs. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Dull Ribs. Pulled okay. pork, Pulled I guess. <laughs> Pulled pork. <laughs> oh, Christ. All right, All right. so... um. All right, so it's between that or it's between James Hinchcliffe, who uh, gave up his Honda sponsorship to stay with Arrow McLaren SP and got dropped anyway. So, um, Tim, would you like to vote first? I'm going to vote first. The reason for my vote is because James Hinchcliffe got screwed, not because he actually had a wreck of the week, whereas the He had a wreck of a week, though. Of a week. Yeah, it was a bad one, but... 
Holy cow, the anthem was so bad. <laughs> you know what's what's sad is last year the anthem was pretty great. It was really great. It was a it was a really wonderful affair last year. This yeah. year, um we that was offensive. <laughs> I think we're going into treasonous territory yeah. with how much of a because I know you can disrespect the flag itself. Can you disrespect the anthem and therefore the flag with it? I'm not sure. I think I think, I think we think call that a Fergie, church. and yes, it is punishable by death. So, uh, <laughs> Bob? Well, I don't want to suck the wind out of your sails, Luke, by uh, ending it now, but I have uh, got to agree with the anthem. I have my reasons as well because after talking with you guys, I feel like though, even though James Hinchcliffe did lose his spot, that he has a potential future – Racing for rich energy. Okay. And whatever other pretend energy drinks may want to sponsor a guy who did that photo shoot, but I think they could be a match made in heaven. There's no saving the anthem, though. No amount of pretend energy drinks, real energy drinks, any beverage of any sort, I think, unless you had enough alcohol in you, would really save that anthem <laughs> whatsoever. Be, that would be a lethal amount, brother. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, it's I'm, unsalvageable. No. I'm, I'm going with the anthem. I'm going with the anthem because, I again— is this the first unanimous one we've had? I think it's the first unanimous, especially I've with all three. you all together. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the, definitely the first unanimous with three people. We've agreed before. Mm. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's a – I mean, come on. That's – Rough. Yeah, that was rough. Go I YouTube mean, it, everybody. That's our I want, that's our I want to know moment. who lost out on that. Like, what other acts were considered but not picked? Yeah, can you imagine being like – Dear Coda, while you're, resur- while you're repaving uh, the track, could you also replace the person that chose that act and <laughs> get something, you, you know, decent next you know, year? Pink, Literally anything will do. You know, Pink closed out – you know, Pink performed a concert after the race at Coda. Um, why was she not the anthem? Are we sure it was the 2015 floods and not the tears of all those who heard that anthem live? <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. No, that's – it might be the tears. The, de- the pure despair of everyone. You it wasn't stop. just the tears. It was also the collective oh, oh. that actually pushed everything down. It was the sound waves. That's what happened. Um, yeah, you couldn't hear yeah, – when, when you heard – you didn't hear engine noises. You just heard uh, – and that was actually the noise that the drivers were making after realizing they had to follow up that anthem. <laughs> Well, it can only, it, the only way, way it could go is up. So they were like, thanks for setting the bar awful low. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> Super duper. The bar was low. The track was low. It was just a low day all around. Yeah, all, all around. All right. So, uh, oh, boy. The people's champion is next, though. Uh, you hear that music. Or you don't, because it's going to kick in as soon as I say, It's time for the people's champion! Now, folks, Luke is fighting a bit of a cold this oh, week. Oh, it's miserable. It's, I, I blame the hockey team I, I follow around. I um, wonder how much energy he had to, to summon to get that one done. He He's he's wavering a little a, bit. He might pass out. It was a rich amount of energy. Had to. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this week, um, for the People's Champion nominations, uh, I will go for the first one. Um, the first nomination, you will take the other one. I believe that will be our champion, but we will see. The first, Alexander Albon. Okay. Another incredibly smooth recovery drive from him. He won the driver of the day. Um, he is one of our, of this show's, uh, favorite drivers. I think one of our favorites that we're, we've been watching so far this year. Quickly becoming a driver of the year candidate. Absolutely. Um, and then the other one, Luke. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Mercedes, Reign of Dominance. Yes, I know we've complained about how, you know, sometimes boring Mercedes winning a race can be. But think about how insane that is, is that this is one of the most exciting sports on earth. And they've made winning so commonplace that you just go, okay. Like, think about how they win so much that if you haven't caught the race and you get that little notification, when it says anything but Mercedes up front, you're like, oh, boy, what? You do a double take. You actually want to go watch it and be All like, right. wait a minute, i got to stop everything I'm doing and see who beat Mercedes. Right. Like, it, that is wild to think about is that I get excited. Even though it's a team maybe I don't like that won the race, that anybody but Mercedes has won the race. So I think, I think today we should just uh, acknowledge that we are witnessing history and just give it to Mercedes. I agree. I actually like the way you have it written here. Run from it. Hide from it. Mercedes still arrives. Thank you, Thanos. He did nothing wrong, by the way. No. Um, But it it is impossible to avoid their greatness. Yeah, no, they're just just too good. So uh, is is Mercedes our people's champ? Yeah? I would say so. I would say so. Congratulations. Congratulations. Congratulations, Mercedes. Oh, well done. Well done. Is that their first? No. No, 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 because Lewis Hamilton won it for driving over that sick kid's house. Yes. But I think it's their first. I'm really glad you said house at the end. (laughs) (laughs) I think. There's probably someone listening who thinks the same thing, for sure. I Um, think. uh, There was a story early in the year where uh, there was a a boy who was was dying. I think he was terminally ill, yeah. Terminally ill, and Lewis flew a car out to him, (laughs) the winning car. So it was really cool. Yeah, the race winning car, and he gave him the trophy of the race that he just won, too. That's awesome. And I I truly think that um, I know. I think I saw it somewhere. Um, I can't remember if it was WTF one or maybe Todd tweeted it out. They were talking. They were asking if Lewis or Michael uh, Schumacher was the better sportsman. Lewis definitely is the better sportsman. Mm-hmm. He's the better champion. Uh, sure. There's talk about um, him being knighted right now uh, because because he's possibly the greatest sports person, the greatest athlete that uh, Great Britain's ever produced. I would say so. Um, has, there, has there ever been another? Race car driver to uh, be knighted before? Uh, I th- yeah, I think Nigel uh, Mansell. No, Jackie Stewart. Jackie Stewart. Yeah, sir. Yeah. Jackie Stewart. Um, there've there've been a couple. I think I'm gonna get an angry tweet about the Nigel Mansell comment. Or is that yeah. okay? Fine. It wasn't Nigel Mansell that was knighted. It was his mustache because that thing was epic. Mm, it was the tasty. best mustache that Britain has ever produced. Yeah, tasty. <laughs> it's a tasty. We should do mustache. a segment on that. Best racing mustaches. Yeah. yeah, you know it was actually it's a funny. Uh, they actually decided that a mustache costs you uh, one thousandth of a second or something like that because of the weight. Yep. Yeah, dude. They 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 calculate how much a mustache costs you. Yep. F one and F one probably assigned some some absolutely ludicrous uh, acronym to describe that. So it's like AMW, which is your average mustache weight. <laughs> Uh, so oh, I boy. think that's how much. How much of the budget's going to go into that that you guys were talking about? Uh, probably fifty million. Fifty, yeah. 50. I mean, the no. steering wheel is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So yeah, yeah. Um, best thing you saw all week, sir. I think you, I think you had you had mine as well. Yeah, uh, the radio check for Lando Norris for McLaren this week. They they check in with everybody and say check check radio check. Um, much as we do that here at this show at the beginning at the top of the key. Um, but uh, this week, Lando Norris decided to say, <laughs> moving back and forth, side to side, like a roller coaster. And they also did a really cool uh, 
whole thing where he and Carlos Sainz were dancing in the car, um, just kind of shooting the breeze, waiting for whatever they were waiting for down in Coda. Lando Norris, most lovable driver in Formula One. Go. Land- what? Most lovable driver in Formula One. Go. Is this an old man rant that you're looking at? No, this is, this is a simple yes or no question. Yes. It's a pitch. Yes? Yes. Yes? Okay. Yeah. I, if, I would say if so. You, if you download Twitch and you look for uh, Lando Norris, he's got an endless number of streams where he sits there and all he does is crack jokes and race cars. That's it. Yep. He's a great little kid. I I really like the guy. So, um, yeah, that was the best thing I saw all week. Uh, we do have scuttlebutt sector. We have one little scuttlebutt sector before we, do. we leave. Uh, Bob Chip, brought this yeah, to us. Yeah, Bob brought this. Uh, Chip Genassi looking into James Hinchcliffe for next year. They'd be stupid not to. Yeah, the, somebody's got to find the mayor, right? Yep. I mean, uh, I, I think Andretti's a good fit for him, honestly. I, I would think so, too. I, because, you know, he doesn't have that Honda sponsorship anymore. But after Rossi, who's Andretti have? That's my point. Who do they have right now? I can't recall off the top Zach of my head. Zach Veach and uh, Marco Andretti. I'm sorry, Zach. Or, I mean, really, Veach deserves it more than, than Marco. But yeah, but it's Marco. Uh, yeah. his, his last name is on the top of the building. And his last name, he's finished last in every race for like 10 years. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, I think that's about going to wrap it up for this week. That is uh, it. Should we end on our typical music, or should we just play play our intro one more time? Let's play the intro one more time. Okay. God bless America, everybody. We only got one chance to go full America with the intro, so we did. <laughs> uh, Thank yeah. God you didn't include the anthem. Yeah, no. <laughs> not that one, no. No, not that one. We should have played this one for the anthem. It would have been a whole lot better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do, so. You know what? You know what? I'm, I'm taking my hat off in respect of the uh, hard rock and national anthem we've just created. That's my national anthem. Happy trails, everybody. We'll see you next week. This is the Formation Lab. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. My friends still rave about the Prosecco I brought last year. Let me help make your Friendsgiving unforgettable. Bordeaux is one of the world's most popular red blends, made from Cabernet, Cab Franc, and Merlot. It also makes the perfect gift for your picky boss. Having turkey and all the fixings? I suggest an easy-drinking Pinot Noir. For white drinkers, try an unoaked Chardonnay. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.